The continuation of the hard sayings of Jesus brings us to a reading out of Matthew 16, beginning with the first verse. Some of the Pharisees and Sadducees were on Jesus again, pressing him to prove himself to them. He told them, you have a saying that goes, red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky in the morning, sailors take warning. You find it easy enough to forecast the weather. Why can't you read the signs of the time? An evil and wanton generation is always wanting signs and wonders. The only sign that you will get is the Jonah sign. And then he turned on his heel and he walked away. All right, so I have a question. We have very intelligent people sitting here, well-versed in, in the Bible. Who knows what the Jonah sign is? What's the Jonah sign? All right, let's back it up a little bit. Okay. Who was Jonah? Jonah and the whale. Bingo. Jonah and the whale or the big fish. And what is the point of the Jonah story? What happened to Jonah? Got swallowed by the whale. Got swallowed by the fish. Survived for how many days? In the whale's belly or the fish's belly? Three days. Then come back and was a changed person. And because of that, Jonah was able to preach and, and convince people. So Jesus makes this statement to them that, look, you people have been watching me for all this time. You know what I'm doing. The only sign you're going to get is when you kill me. So for those people that study the Bible and want to know, did Jesus know what was coming? I think the answer to that is yes. There comes a certain point where you know what you're doing, right, is going to lead to certain consequences. And these people have been pushing them. You know what's really funny about this story? Is it was the Pharisees and the Sadducees finally found a way for both of them to sit at the same table. Because the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were at odds with each other. If you want to know how bad the odds were, all you have to do is think about Republicans and Democrats today. Because I'm serious. That's exactly how far apart they were. The Sadducees didn't believe in anything that the Pharisees did. The Pharisees were what? They made sure that all 647 laws were uh, adhered to. One group believed in resurrection. Another group the other group, another one of the groups believed in angelic kinds of things, and the other one didn't. One was students of the Torah. There was no other, and now have you heard this before? There was no other Jewish Bible, there was no other scripture other than what was in the Torah, which is what? How many people know what the Torah is? Come on, help me. New Testament? Yeah, it's the first five books of the Bible. So if it went beyond the first five books, which meant that the Sadducees didn't believe in the Psalms. Hello? You understand how important that was to the livelihood of the Jews in the day? That was their songbook. So there was this incredible difference between these two groups. But they did find a place that they could come and sit down at the table together. And that was 
they had this dude that wasn't doing anything that made either side happy. So we are going to test him. Now you might be at this point, especially if you've been in gentle spirit for any length of time, are sitting there going, okay, I know where this is going. What, what makes this a hard saying? Folks, it's because nothing has changed. 2,000 years. And we can have it right in front of our face and we want proof. We want proof that if we love unconditionally, that somehow life is going to be fairer. And better. We want proof that if we help the poor, that indeed it will clean up the streets. We are not living in any different time. Now, the other thing that I want to point out here and this is probably, you know, because I've just decided that I want to take a weekly shot at those people that take this so literally. And you remember the quote I gave you, right? From, from that uh, guy by the name of Dominic, that, that he said, it isn't that the stories were literal and that we are smart enough to have figured out the symbolism of those stories. It is, in fact... The stories were written symbolically and were stupid enough to take them literally. And that is an incredibly important piece of this story. It is exactly what Jesus was saying. If you think about it, the Pharisees and the scribes have finally found a way that they could sit down and, and test him and say, look, you got to show us something, brother. Because we are not comfortable. What were they not comfortable with? Giving oh, up power. Being free? Yeah. They were not comfortable with the fact that Jesus was pulling people in. Amen? There were massive crowds. He was taking people that could not get this. Hello. These were people that could not get into the temple. And he was having dinner with them. He was touching them. Women, oh my God, the women. They couldn't address the issues of the day, but here was Jesus not only letting them address the issues, but he was having a talk with them. And then he dared. Remember this story where that paralytic, you know, needed to be healed? His friends decided that he needed Jesus' help. They couldn't get into the house because it was what? So damn crowded. So they knocked a hole in the roof. <coughs> they dropped him through the roof. And what was the first words that Jesus said to this guy? Your sins are forgiven. And the dude rolls up his mat and walks out of there. What's the message? That our sin somehow or another as it is described by the church, paralyzes us. Well, they didn't like that. Why didn't they like that? Well, because you got shekels for sin. Amen? Out of your way out of yeah, it. You, you spend some shekels, you get that dove 
that you could sacrifice or the, the specialty lamb without blemish. And Jesus is coming along and saying, no, 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 no. You all have misunderstood this. This is not what God wants. God wants to embrace everybody. God loves everybody unconditionally. So, folks, the reason I'm setting it up that way is because I bet you that every time you've heard this preached, that if I mention the name Ainsley Ansley or what's that other white-haired guy that's on TV that always talks about end times? Uh, yeah, Pat Robinson. What a, take your pick. They're using this scripture because of Jesus. And that's what makes this a hard saying. It, it's a hard saying because they're not preaching the truth about the scripture of what Jesus was saying. They're using this as, see, this, these are the signs that are going to come at the end of the world and you've got to pay attention. You know, at the end of the world, gay people are going to get married. At the end of the world, I don't know. Oh, yeah. At the end of the world, there'll be race riots. At the end of the world, everybody's going to have enough to eat. There's all kinds of crap that they put out there in the way of science. And, folks, they have made money hand over fist on lying about this passage. Because what this passage was about was very simply Jesus saying to the religious rulers, hey, you don't get it. It's right in front of you. You think you got it figured out because you got 647 laws. You think <clears throat> that you've got it figured out because you have a process that keeps people out of the temple rather than letting them in. I am here to tell you that you're great at predicting the weather, but you have no idea what's right in front of you. Folks, that's not the end of the world. That, in fact, is about how we should be living now. What was Jesus teaching now? That you be fair. Just. That you be merciful. And that you be humble in your walk with God. That's not end of the world stuff, folks. That is right now. Right here and now. If somebody's hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. If they haven't got integrity, don't deal with them. It's why I say things have not changed in 2,000 years. What we have experienced in this country over the last five or six years is more than ample evidence to say we have forgotten what God has asked us to do. We too are not reading the signs that are in front of us. And those signs are saying, I love you, love yourselves. I embrace you, embrace each other. I accept you for who you are. Take each other as that unique creation of God. That, my friends, is the sign of the times. God bless you.